politics Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Adam's up Welcome to Potoms Up. Fred and Blotto discuss the politics of today, the culture of our lives, and the beer of our state. Potoms Up. Not down, but up. Episode 58. We're struggling for something clever, witty, or otherwise <laughs> to say, and all we could come up with was Blotto... The international calling code for Venezuela. And the amount of <laughs> counties in the state of California. Uh, which, that surprised me more than the Venezuela... Uh, international yes, calling code. Because 58 seems like a low number for the size of the state. Everything's big in California, I guess. All right. I think I had mentioned to you San Bernardino County. Where you lived at one point. Where I lived when I was in the military. That, as far as I know, is the biggest county in the entire country. We're not going to fact check that. We're going we're gonna to roll with just, that. Just go with that. Okay. Yeah. We don't care, and everybody believes me, so we're, we're going with that for a change. <laughs> they believe me. <laughs> so, uh, hey. 58. How are you today, Blotto? Uh, like you said, thumbs up. Thumbs up. And yeah. Nobs? Feeling good. It's nice out there today. Welcome back. Thank you. You uh, punked out on us last time, and... But here I am. So this is, uh, when was the last time the three of us were together? Because last week, Nobs, you were out. The uh-huh. week before that was your TC thing. Uh-huh. Right. So then was it before that or did we? Well, I was out then the week before that, wasn't I? Could, be, could have been. Oh, have for to, the cruise? Have to go back and roll the tape. It's like a month since we've been in the could studio be, together. It's been be. a month of Sundays. Yeah. Um. But here we are. Hey. <laughs> Everyone's okay. doing good, and it's, yeah. a, it's a really nice kind of almost spring day out there. It, it makes you think that way, you know. It uh, teases you here in Michigan. Uh, well, yeah. well, we'll take it. We'll take mm-hmm. that tease. Yeah. And we had actually considered uh, going outside, except it was a little too windy, and this microphone would pick up too much interference. Yeah, it's, so. it's, it's, it's breezy out in my back 40. Um, and uh, 40 square feet? <laughs> well, no, because we got the, the the power line field beyond that too. Oh, you counted it as your poverty? No, <laughs> but it, it 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 contributes to a lot of wind. Oh, okay. We do it's have like to do tunnel. that though. We do have to do an an outside uh, episode because yeah, we've yeah. never actually yeah. tried that other than uh, the beer fest up in Poho, right? Which which, which <laughs> didn't quite work out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we you know because we could we could do one. I mean, also, you know, I'll have the sun shield, and that kind of also acts as a windshield mm-hmm. up as soon as I get busy with uh, sprucing up the the backyard. Um, but you got patio space. Yep. I think I know? think we all have a decent area that we could do it. We go to yeah. the beach up at Shea Knobs. Yeah, we'll just go to the beach, start a little fire, and we'll do a podcast around a fire. Right, so have the, the waves be rolling in. Right? Some ambiance. Yeah. See, that would be awesome. Background right. of Lake Huron's lapping at the shore. We'll do it. Drinking that, craft beer. That would be cool. All right, we're Speaking doing it. Speaking of drinking craft beer. Yeah, it was my turn this week. And uh, coming out of the gate with uh, North, North Peak 
Brewing. They are, oh, this is the one that we were trying to figure out before, Dexter and Traverse City. Ah, this is the Rascal Cherry Porter. It's brewed up north, according, up north. Yeah. according to the label, which is a, a very Michigan thing. Anytime you're, you're referring to something as up north, I, you know, maybe there's up north in Minnesota, like if you're you know, a Minneapolis native and you talk about up north, but that's already pretty far north, you know? And we're, <laughs> they're, they're constantly up north. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're a big city in kind of that lower portion of the state, right? So you'd have to think of other northern cities that, or other northern states that would have that major U.S. city in that lower portion, you know, and if they refer to it as up north. You know, like New York, it's um, upstate. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and that includes western New York, which is kind of weird. You know, so like Buffalo is considered like upstate. You know, but I, I I can't really think of any other state off the top of my mind that would go. What about California? So L.A. looks at a lie, a lie, a lie. Looks at uh, it's just called at, the at, Bay, isn't it? <laughs> as something like you know Chico is up north. I don't think so. I think they just look at California as like being California. Chicago, Cali. Yeah, <clears throat> you know the Bay Area, hmm. right? But that's very specific. Yeah, SoCal. Okay. You know what? You, you do have NorCal. Yeah. Yeah. They, that that is. They probably might refer to it locally as NorCal, um, <clears throat> but not up north. No. It might be uniquely Michigan. I think it's a Michigan thing, and I'll stand by that. Uh, let's see. We got six point five on the alcohol, which is nice. nice. That's that's good the Sunday sweet afternoon. Spot. Drinkins and the IBUs are forty five, so we'll be. Uh, what kind of hops are they? <laughs> they are Fuggles hops <laughs> and William Willamette. So Willamette would be Oregon hops. Yeah. Willamette Valley. I never heard of Fuggles. <clears throat> it's fun to say though, so yeah. we'll continue to say it probably through the podcast. It's, it's, I can taste the Fuggles. <laughs> it's, the it's, Fuggles <laughs> jump right out at you, don't they? Have we seen this on, on on more beers that we've reviewed recently? Is the names and types. Of the hops, that I was using. just going to ask that. It yes. seems like we have, yep. and and maybe that's getting included on more cans, or maybe it's just the run that we've had in the last couple of weeks. But have certainly seen that on the labeling. Do you think they're trying to narrow themselves up so it's a more unique beer? They're they're, they're trying to even get they're you taking know, the ambiguity out of mm -hmm. it. It's not just yeah. craft beer; it's a fuggles. Well, they craft probably beer. you know as the beer drinking continues you know with the i don't know beer snobs or the craft brew lovers or whatever you want to call it oh I, i'm looking for the yeah. willamette or the fuggles hops in my beer give me the fuggles i mean fuggles it, are bust it, it's a it's got to be a really small percent of fuggles people who really start to understand hops fuggles are hoppy yeah i mean it's a 45 and um I'm, I, it's it's definitely full of hop. Do you think there are people that could look at the can and be like, "Oh, this has a Fuggles. I know what it's going to taste like." Mm. I think there's people that say that they can. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, we we could we could ask GZ, right? Yeah. We could ask GZ. Do you have a favorite hops? That's a great question for him. Are you a Fuggles guy? <laughs> and he might have an answer. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm sure he would. Yeah. Right. I mean, he and you know, GZ is never short. And it, and, and maybe it's going to be like a regional. Like maybe he prefers mm. Washington hops, you know, or mm. something like that. Yeah. So, what do you think of the beer? It's pretty hoppy. Um, I, I don't know. I, I like the. Uh, I, I do. I like the flavor, but not so much how hoppy it is. So I like the caramel to it. It is roasted. Um, that that works for me. Um, I love the bouquet. And the and, and, and it's not a lingering hops. You know, you know, even though at forty five. Um, so I definitely have to reserve judgment until I I finish. I think for right now it's a meh. Um, I do get a little bit of the cherry flavor in there, which I appreciate. Oh, did I even mention it's a cherry porter? I don't know that we did. I don't believe I did. We got it, caught up on a, the fuggle. The porter. fuggles threw us off, <laughs> so it's a cherry porter. And as I mentioned, I really like the, the bouquet to yeah. it. Where to me, it's almost like chocolate with a little bit of cherry follow It's a mild cherry. Yeah. It's, I love You like it? Yeah, so far. I'm I'm leaning toward for me, but uh, yeah, we'll get halfway through this thing and uh, we'll well, I get, I'm not sure I would ever order one. The Fuggles keep throwing me. <laughs> I've I've got that uh, that Fuggles mouth feel. It's <laughs> a brand new sentence. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I had to quickly look up Fuggle hops here. It sounds like Muggles. Like this is like a Harry Potter. Harry Potter beer. Well, uh, okay. Oh, here we They're go. They're British. Oh, really? <laughs> oh. British Fuggle Hops. Fuggle Hops. Uh, Fuggle Hops are similar to Kent Goldings with a more noticeable aroma. Yeah. So you, you talk about the bouquet quite a bit. Um, pleasant mint grass and floral tones. Uh, when you're not making ales and don't want a dominant Northwest Aroma Hop, Cascade, Centennial, Columbus, or Chinook, Chinook. Nor the softness of Kent Golding's Fuggles is a fine choice. I agree. Um, <laughs> Who'd have thought? Now they've combined it with the Northwest because they didn't mention the Willamette, but all these other places, all these other hops, Cascade hops. You said that's to, Oregon. Willamette Valley is in Oregon, so I don't know if that's where these are from, but the, but but I the Willamette Valley is. That's probably a pretty strong guess. Yeah, should be. I don't know how many Willamette areas there are, right? And it could be Willamette, Washington, but I'm, I'm familiar with Oregon. Oh, similar hop varieties, Goldings and Willamette. <laughs> this is off of uh, morebeer.com. <laughs> My kind of website. <laughs> they should sponsor us, right? I think so. Uh, real quickly on the on the label, uh, before we started there, Fred, you asked about uh, the 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 uh, what's the logo on the on the can, and there's a little rask little raccoon. And this is called the Rascal Cherry Porter. And you said, you know, it was the raccoon on all their labels. It is not. What they do is they use that spot for different... Uh, um, well, they're probably calling the raccoon a rascal. Rascal, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense because they are rascals when they break yeah. into your food or your house. This is they're the, being rascals. Just uh, when, you, when I Google North Peak Brewing Company... Um, this comes up quite a bit in their imagery, so it must be one of their more popular beers. Um, Diabolical, which we've done, yes, and that's got a reindeer uh, in that in that spot on the logo. Their corporate logo has a star there, but 
but they have all different kinds of little uh, images that they that they put in that spot. So they use that uh, as as part of the branding of the beer. Um, but you know, just just based on on search results, I would say um, this comes up uh, fairly common. Piney? Did we do piney? The Bruce Tip IPA. That's nope. another one that nope. we're gonna have to try that one. Yeah, Traverse City beer. And Dexter. Remember we went through this before? Oh, yeah. Don't you remember? Yeah. We, we couldn't quite figure out if the beer we were drinking was coming from TC or was it coming from Dexter. And I think we came down on Dexter. Um, <clears throat> Dexter's not too far. Yeah, but that's not really up north. So but let's not get into that. It's kind of <laughs> west, southwest. <laughs> it's not up north. You know. Did we do a topic? Because uh, that, I said, let's not do it. But now we're going to do it. I, that's a thing in Michigan as to where up north starts. Yeah, I think we talked about. I think this we in did previously. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's there's many different opinions on where up north begins. Do you think it's? I don't recall. The, I I recall having the conversation, but I don't recall where we came down on. I don't know if we came to consensus amongst the three of us. Was it Bay City? I mean, get above the crotch of the thumb. Yeah, the is bottom the, of the bay there. The bottom yeah. of the bay. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Even like more like tip of the thumb and higher. You know, like West Branch. Yeah, but if you go into Port Austin, that's up north. Right. But if we went into um, Lexington, before some people lived in that area. <laughs> yeah. We were up north. Yeah. Now we got Studio C in Lexington <laughs> up north. We got Studio C up north, right? <laughs> That'll be our northern studio. But a lot of people wouldn't even consider any part of the thumb up north. Mm-hmm. You know? There are some that would say you have to be north of the bridge. That's well, the, that's, you, you have know, to be in the UP. In the UP. Pro- well, isn't probably going- the, what, what, what are the Ubers, the uh, Upers call up north <laughs> Canada? <laughs> but, but isn't going up north, finger quotes, isn't that almost the activity yes. of going to some place where you would be vacationing or getting away from the... It doesn't have to be a geographic line drawn. Mm-hmm. It's So it's it, almost it, like two different things. Yep. It's, a, it's almost an activity. That's, that's why the debate goes geographical. on. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Would you mm. say this originated in like the Detroit area, really? Yeah. The term? Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I mean, it's still... It's still part of Detroit culture today, but you know we've kind of talked about this from the years gone by in an economic standard and an economic standpoint. And you know, back in the '70s, when Detroit had a thriving middle class of blue-collar workers, primarily working for Big Three and first-tier suppliers, that entire culture refer to up north as that weekend getaway to have Mm -hmm. fun to have your snow machines or you know your forerunners or you were hunting and you had cottages up there and you had property up there and it was cottages bingo that that didn't that almost seem like a a standard for the people who worked at the big absolutely yeah those you know that those folks back then um you know they had places that they were going to and they weren't always the hotspot tourist places, right? Because those still maybe uh, were uh, catering to the more affluent market or yeah, more affluent people. Things like Torch Lake or Traverse City. 
but there were plenty of communities that were up north that were affordable for people to have their summer cottages. You know, some on lakes. Houghton Lake was a popular one, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day. Um, I don't remember so, hearing so much about Higgins because, again, I think that might have been, you know, maybe out of our pay grade as as as, as, as middle-class people. I only the, mention that because yeah. working in automotive area, I knew a fair amount of people that had places on Higgins. On Higgins, right, you know. And we know someone that does too, you know. Yep. Yeah. Still. Yeah. To this very day. Yeah. But I, I can remember going up to, you know, my friend's dad's place in West Branch, you know, and that was probably about two hours away, two and a half hours away. Yep. And it was a cottage and had a little, like, little farm to it as well. And, you know, um, but I think a lot of that is gone. I, th- I think. Uh was it 2008 when everything fell apart Mm -hmm. that's when Uh if you if you notice like when we went up to higgins for our annual camping thing the for sale signs were Mm. everywhere yeah because all those people were trying to dump those well secondary homes that they had i should have bought one for dirt cheap and they were were dirt cheap and as the Mm -hmm. middle class has declined People, the families that those have been passed on to are selling those now for various reasons, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's not as sustainable. And, you know, that's how, you know, um, wealth is built over generations, primarily through property. And, you know, when you got to rely on that for, um, you know, maintaining a middle class existence, you're going to start selling those kinds of things. Not totally related, but sort of related. It was probably back in the early 2000s where I have four brothers and sisters. We were looking at co-owning mm-hmm. a place on Higgins. We, we almost yeah. Yeah. pulled the trigger, but then we just kept seeing too many landmines involved with, you know, ownership split five ways. and Could have its complications. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could. Yeah. And then there was the money thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> Darn, dang money. Fulsome for money. Yeah. yeah. I, I, to this day, that would, to me, that would have been great. But eh. That was all part of the uh, up north culture. That's You know what I mean? It was not just the demarcation line. It was the whole idea of going up north to the, to the cottage. Okay, uh, Fred, where do we want to start this week on the, on the political spectrum? Uh, you know, we've passed Super Tuesday and... If that's where we want to start, or we want to start with, uh, you know, the way the administration continues to stumble over Corona. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I say we touch on, let, let's start with um, Super Tuesday because there, you know, were some surprising results that came out of it. Uh, yeah, I thought there were some really surprising re- results. And I, I'm still baffled and then, you know... I, I know there's going to be a lot of people that say, you know, you, you can't trust polls anyway. But I do, but by and large. And I don't understand why the state polling is as bad as it is. And and maybe just the time and the effort's not put into it as it is in the national polling, which seems to, you know, a lot of people rely on whether it's favorability or unfavorability ratings or you know, whether it's on certain issues. What state polling are you talking about? In these primary races. Like, why aren't the results of these primary races more reflective of the polling that happens beforehand? 
So, in other words, I go back to South okay, Carolina. Okay, so you're saying you generally There shouldn't be trust, surprises. Okay, you, you generally trust the polling, but what came out of uh, Super Tuesday surprised you because it didn't follow what the polling said. Or Is there, that what you're saying? Yes. Okay, go. Okay. Or there isn't a lot of polling. Like, people, the, the, the pollsters are not putting the resources in to say, okay, who's going to win Oklahoma and by how much? You know, I mean, there were there was polling in South Carolina, you know, and it ranged anywhere between Biden winning from four to twelve percent. Right? He won by twenty nine percent. Like, how could they be that far off? Like, you pick up the phone, you call a thousand people. Okay, you know what? Sixty percent are going to vote for for Joe, and you know, thirty percent are going to vote for Bernie, and then there's your number. I, I don't I don't get how why it's been so surprising. So that that's that's part of my my. My beef, I guess, with the DNC and um, the results of uh, Super Tuesday. Um, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many predictors there were that Biden was going to win fourteen out of ten states, or ten, oh, sorry, ten out of fourteen states. <laughs> how the hell did he do that? <laughs> <laughs> fourteen out of ten. <laughs> ten out of fourteen, right? I mean, that's is is. Were you surprised by that? Six point five. I'm fuggles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fuggled over here. Were, were you surprised by ten out of fourteen? Yeah. It's th- think about Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. How right. did that happen? Right. He smoked her. Um, and you know that, that. Well, you're talking about over Warren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. So yeah, again, what did the polling show, right? I mean, I think a lot of people had penciled in that she probably was going to win her home state, but I, I don't no, know. No, the ones I saw had Bernie leading by a few percent. But then Biden ends up winning. Yeah, and that's exactly the thing is my the polls I read was Bernie, Warren, Biden. Yeah. And then he comes out in first. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, hey, I'm with you. It's just a lot of polling. It's just I, I've insane. never heard the final results on California because it was going to take a while to get done. But Last I heard, they were still counting. Yeah, I mean it's going to be. It takes a couple of weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be close, right? Isn't that? I mean, everyone's still saying Bernie. Bernie was pulling out California, but by but, but a considerable amount, even well, fifteen percent. Fifteen? I thought so. Oh, okay. Last I looked. All right. Isn't that crazy? It takes this long for them to. Figure it out, but they've been voting since what January? Isn't haven't they been? Yes, their yeah. ballots, the absentee ballots, the absentee yeah. ballots starting like January for California. When can they start counting absentee ballots? So, because that's something I've been reading about is you can go through and you can vote early, but if they can only start counting those votes the day of, then it still takes forever to count them. Obviously, mm. it's not fifteen. Oh, what is it now? So 94% in, Bernie 33, Biden 26. So seven. Okay. It's been a while since I looked at it. And uh, uh, Bloomberg 13 and Elizabeth Warren 13. Um, So Bernie and and Biden are going to split the delegates, you know. Um, So it's it's not going to change the total delegate count very much. So were you guys surprised at how quick the Buttigieg's and the uh, Klobuchar's and um, Bloomberg, all those people were jumping ship and and going to the uh, endorsement uh, move that Mm -hmm. quick? That... I guess I didn't. I wasn't so much surprised that they were jumping ship because the writing's on the wall. 
But the endorsement part, to me, I thought was kind of quick on most of their parts. They immediately went to Biden. You know, there wasn't any of this. I needed, like, Warren's, Warren's doing, doing, yeah. Well, Warren, well, we'll get to that in a second. But I'm not surprised by that at all. No? No, didn't surprise me because they clearly wanted those votes to go to Biden. They, they you know... You know, they were in that moderate lane or lane A or B or whatever, whatever <laughs> lefty called it. Hefty. <laughs> hefty, hefty, hefty. You know, he, do you get the impression he wants to be called hefty over lefty? I think, he keeps, he's, yeah. I think he wants to be the self-deprecating <laughs> guy on the podcast. <laughs> he keeps going. There's like, you can call me hefty. Yeah. Like, he's totally Please okay with call that. me hefty. <laughs> <laughs> no, your nickname is lefty. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that they wanted to make sure that those voters switched over to Biden. I think it was as much about stopping Bernie as it was anything else. And I also think that they truly believe that Biden is the best chance to beat Trump. And I think that's what they're believing at this point in time. They didn't have a path. Biden can beat Trump. And Bernie is uh, could struggle with that. I mean, I, I, that's what they're... The poll show differently. <laughs> we're gonna get into this. I, I I know we're gonna get into this, uh, Bernie bro. Uh, um, uh, so you know, I think on Elizabeth Warren, I think she has a a tougher time because her policies line up closer to Bernie mm-hmm. than it does to Biden. But I don't think. I, well, she has said I don't think she thinks that Bernie will be. A good president, and I think she believes that Biden will be a better president, even though you know he is part of that class that she doesn't particularly even like. So I think that's why she's really hesitant to to endorse because it's like, okay, do you endorse who believes what you believe politically, or do you endorse who you like? <laughs> and she doesn't like Bernie. So, so how do you think? I know you said that the people that started endorsing once they were out, they wanted Biden to get those votes. Yeah. How much do you see the possibility of getting the nod for VP plays into that? Do, do, you, do you think that they're doing it in hopes of or that's not crossing their mind in there? I don't think that comes into play. I mean... You know, the VP picks are always so bizarre sometimes. They're, they're, they're people that come way out of, you know, left field, so to speak, in the yep. Democratic Party. Uh, you know, Tim Kaine, like, you know, how, how did he figure in? You know, he wasn't Mark O'Malley. You know, it's it's very rare when, I think, and we can look at the his, historical numbers, it's very rare when they pick fellow running mates or run, uh, running competitors. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's usually just somebody completely, completely different, and and you would think the way that the media and the pundits talk about it that happens all the time, like they're putting themselves in position for VP, but there's no, no. historical precedent for that. If anything, you'd just be a cabinet member position. I, I mean, we know why he, he picked Pence. Pence wasn't running, right? That's Pence my was not part of that group. I don't of, think so. That crazy group of uh, um, Republican candidates in 2016. I mean, they have like 16 when they started out. Yeah, something like that. 
you know. Interesting. When you look, so I'm I'm, I'm looking at these uh, these vote totals so far at at California. Um, the folks that dropped out, they had a significant number of voters for them. Pete and Amy still had over three hundred thousand votes for them cast. Hmm. You know, so in a state of forty million. So if well, what I'm what I'm saying is if. If they had dropped out before the early voting or some people who just decided to vote, you know, for them anyway, because that's who they intended on voting for, you know, you throw those 300,000 over to Biden and he is tied with Bernie. I mean, I mean, you're within a thousand votes, probably, which is a couple thousand votes. So basically uh, a statistical tie. Now, if you took Elizabeth Warren's numbers and threw those on top of Bernie, uh, then he's killing Biden because mm-hmm. she still she still picked up a half a million votes, five hundred thousand votes, and Bloomberg also picked up five hundred thousand votes with ninety four percent reporting. So, uh, but I don't I don't I don't know if Warren's supporters are all going to be about Bernie. I read twenty or sixty uh, percent were had Bernie as their number two. For what it's worth, do yeah. you guys think that which is. I mean, I mean, it's the lion's share, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty, pretty significant. Do you think? Do you before you hold your thought there? I, I got it. Do you think that is that number low to you? No, it's about what I would expect. Yeah, majority would go to Bernie. The majority, but I'm, I'm saying, is that number low? Like, would you, would have you thought like seventy, eighty percent? I mean, if healthcare is the number one thing, and you know, Joe's just like we're gonna, we're gonna. Whatever his plan is for Obamacare, which I'm not really even sure. You know why? Why, why would? Why wouldn't she be? Um, You're thinking that they should be higher. Yeah, it should be like eighty percent. If 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 policy really matters, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. What what friend? Well, I was just thinking about Warren. Um, do you guys feel like any kind of sadness? Just from a diversity standpoint, because that's what the left is supposed to be about, that the last woman basically is now out. In second question, do you feel that if Warren was a man with the platform she had, with all the plans she had, with all the explanation she had to complete her plans, do you think she'd still be in there with these guys? Is it too much? No, I have a lot to say about it, actually. And 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 I think, okay. I think that's good. I asked the right questions. Warren is the story of this primary season. Now, regardless of what's going to happen with Bernie and 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 Biden, I think the 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 Warren demise, if you want to call it that, sounds kind of harsh, mm, but it is, is what it is. Uh, is the, is the story of this primary season. I, I don't think. Uh, Anybody was more qualified to be president and had the right messaging and had the right um, uh, you called it a platform, but I'm trying to think like like the right package, you know what I mean uh, than than Warren. And it just for whatever reason did not resonate. And I, I think it's pretty fascinating. And as she said, just I think it was yesterday or maybe day before, 
where she said, look, if I claim sexism is involved, oh, I'm man. a whiner, right? And then if I don't, I have 100 million women that are saying, what is wrong with you? You're not standing up against, you know, anti-sexism. And, and you, you can't argue that position. No, I thought she was spot on. That is, when she said that, it's like, she just nailed it. it right. She's I mean, in it, a it, no-win position. It's an either-or, right? I, I mean, and especially when you look... Okay, someone could say, well, they just didn't like her ideas. No, that doesn't fly. The left does like her ideas, you know? And, and nobody was willing to um, articulate in a way, what is wrong with the economic systems that we have in place at the level of detail that she had in place. See, that's where maybe the sexism comes in. Bernie's been preaching income inequality, corruption by the billionaire class for a long time, okay? And he's been, it's been admirable how how on message he has stayed, right? I mean, that's that's yeah, that guy don't wait. That's his brand, and 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 that brand is carrying him, okay. Um, and because he's just continued to shout the same things over and over again, people just sort of accept it with him. There, the, he has not had to produce a lot, both on paper or in policy or on real change. He's just, you know, been that. Um, you know that that acad- uh, that academic kind of voice uh, on a soapbox, you know, standing in front of college students saying it's a revolution, right? I mean, that's just what he has been. But he hasn't really been very effective, and and people give him a pass on not being effective. And 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 Warren could never get away with that, and so she had to keep showing how much the results that she produced in Washington, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, you know, how much her Medicaid for All plan was going to cost, all the way down to the exact dime. She had to do all of those things, and it still didn't resonate. You know what I kept thinking about, it, it, directly to the, the point you just made about how she not only said, I have a plan, but she would try and structurally lay it out in front of you so you understood it. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, how much a money in physical bodily resources had to be spent on that kind of stuff just to keep her going? Mm-hmm. Where, like in, in what you were saying about Bernie, where he didn't have to. He, he said the, the bullet point message but he never had to show his math where elizabeth warren it seemed like she was spending a lot of time on creating hey here it is i'm saying this and here's how i'm gonna do it you know yeah and, and the resources are limited unless you're a bloomberg or somebody but for most of these candidates especially the ones that were trying to do it without big corporate money i don't you think about it, it's like She spent a lot of resources, time, money. I'll go back to something that I've been chanting about for the last couple weeks, and that is I don't think it was about money, and I don't think it was about resonating with with voters. I think it's about the fucked-up DNC primary schedule. That's where I still go back to this. I think we're looking at a whole different dynamic if our first first three races aren't two caucuses in New Hampshire and then the fourth race is a deep south state. I, I, I think it's a completely different race. 
and 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 Nobs, you and I've had this discussion before about momentum, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not a real believer in momentum in politics, and it kind of proved itself out. Bernie couldn't carry that momentum of three states into South Carolina. In fact, he got absolutely shellacked. There was no momentum whatsoever. Wouldn't now, wouldn't Biden's surge counter your argument though? So then does the okay so okay I don't know how does one state after a failed three state attempt create momentum you you can't create momentum off of one uh, deep red deep south state uh, obviously you can <laughs> no 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 we don't we don't know we, we we don't know if if Super Tuesday would have been different had Biden um, or Bernie lost South Carolina, or, or South Carolina. Let's let's no. Let's say South Carolina didn't happen. So you had mm-hmm. those three states, and then you go into Super Tuesday. I don't think we 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 know that it was the momentum of South Carolina that carried Biden to win all that. What I'm go ahead. There's no way to know for right, sure no unless you know, we got an alternate timeline or something. But so momentum but yeah, works winning. for Biden, but it doesn't work for Bernie. I can't Maybe. answer that. I, I know. Yeah. I. I it, you know, I just I think um, Bernie has his core followers, and I don't know that he gains a lot through momentum, but obviously Biden does. Maybe that's just the voters and how they react to momentum. But uh, like Vicky said before, the younger generations do not vote. Um, well, I, I mean, there's there's some numbers, and it gets a little wonky. Um, about, you know, Bernie didn't really turn out more than he did last year. Mm-hmm. And then Biden picked up some some of the younger voters as well. I mean, I they're looking deep into those numbers to find out, um, you know, did Bernie a, a, achieve what at least he said he needs to do in order to win the nomination in the states that he won, right? Like Virginia really hurt him because he didn't pick up like any of the demographics or something that, that he thought he mm-hmm. needed to. So I... You know, they're looking at those kinds of things. I, I don't I don't know. I think that when you look at this race and and to me, if you would have set up what I would call a fair primary schedule, okay, one that doesn't serve any particular candidate, one that really spreads it out, right? Four or five states right off the bat, blue, red, purple, south, north, whatever it takes, right? And you kind of go there. I think we're looking at an entirely, entirely different tier one and tier two list of candidates going into the rest of the primary season. I, I that's what I believe. And again, I can't. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. looking into a crystal ball. But, but I just think that if that was the case, if you took the caucuses out of it, and you had a different primary schedule, you could have a Warren or a Klobuchar. Um, you know, be in contention more more so than put it this way: they didn't get any momentum. You know, what about the momentum? The, the momentum. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 New Hampshire. She got a few delegates, and there was the momentum. There's no momentum. There wasn't. You know. Um, but a judge why, why didn't have just, any momentum coming out of Iowa. Why not just one day, all states? I, I, I think that's bad. Why? Because here's the way that if you're going to write the schedule, okay, and you're the DNC, the schedule you want to write 
is not necessarily leaning towards one candidate or another, but you want the end result to produce the strongest, most unified candidate. And I think if you had, you know, one huge Super Tuesday or, you know, only five or six smaller Super Tuesdays, you know, 15 states apiece or something like that, you wouldn't have that because the field does have to winnow itself out. So, you know, if you did four or five states every week, you are going to have people drop out. But if it's but if it's more even, then I think people like, OK, my guy lost and here's where I cast my vote for this one, you know. And then it's also you can't campaign in every state at the same time. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's the money aspect of trying to, to do it as well. Um, but I think doing one state at a time, I think that's ridiculous, if that, yeah. you know. I mean, you you could you could take four or five states, you know, kind of middle America, and some could be in the north, and some could be, and you could do Kentucky and Ohio and Michigan all at the same time, and give the candidates a really easy way to, um, uh, you know, canvas in those areas, right? And, right. and then you got a you got a northern state, you got a flyover state, and you got a southern state, you know, things like that. But, um, yeah, I, I just think that if you did that, and the um, and as things got pared down, um, because what you don't want, here's, here's, here's my problem with the Bernie campaign and the way that's the schedule. We are on a path, okay, where if Bernie doesn't get it, people are going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. And that's not coming out with your strongest, bestest candidate. See, the schedule should be written in a way that says we're not going to have pissed off people. This is the natural course that things took. And therefore, we are unified against Biden, Buttigieg, Bernie, mm-hmm. whatever, whoever it is. But that's that's what the schedule should produce. And the way that this is shaping, it, it's it's not producing that because <laughs> I know you're a big Bernie supporter. But this has energized Bernie. He had a huge advantage in those first three states. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he felt like this was his. And, you know... I don't even want to say the Bernie bros because that's not fair to the women that prefer Bernie. But but the, the Bernie supporters then are like, oh, look it. Now it's all rigged. That is such a pet peeve of mine is this natural reaction just to say it's rigged against Bernie. I hate it so much. And it's I rigged for Bernie. What I'm telling you is it's rigged for Bernie. Every, so many other people disagree with you. Ha, ha. You have two caucuses in New Hampshire at the first three states. How is that yeah. not rigged for Bernie? And they changed the way superdelegates are counted. Mm-hmm. They changed the way the caucuses are done in Iowa that helped Bernie because they went, it uh, wasn't just uh, two votes. It was like three votes or something like that in the caucuses. Whatever. I can't explain it. Right? I mean, where I give the Bernie campaign the most credit is Nevada. It is a caucus state, but he did better than expected mm-hmm. there. And... You know, but I but we know he's going to do well in caucuses. But but what I'm saying is the people that every reaction is naturally just oh it's rigged <laughs> against Bernie. Like well, okay. when like when Bloomberg was allowed in, I had friends that messaged me. And they're like, oh, this is rigged against Bernie. This is the DNC going against Bernie. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like that's going to split the moderate vote. Like, this helps Bernie. Oh, okay. But any but, but, any disruption then, into the in, yeah. into the pool is is but then against Bernie. Bloomberg dropped out, and it was oh, that's against Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, like that. Well, they're right on that one. That's 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 right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, still, and 
I'm trying to hear the argument right now, Tim, what you talked about earlier, is it may suck because Bernie may not get in as the nominee, but we need to be unified. Anyone can beat Trump. And I know you're on that page. Yes. Right. Anyone can beat Trump if we get over this feeling slighted attitude. And yes, it does suck. If you're a hardcore in a Bernie, you don't want the establishment to pick another candidate for the DNC, it is kind of gut-wrenching, but what's the other option? Four more years of Trump? God help us. Uh, but I, I don't know how many there are of, of, of Bernie supporters that are willing to sit it out. I, I don't know. It, it To me, it's concerning because... I have friends what, that said they will not vote for Biden. I See, and I... I uh, it One of the reasons that I am not completely on the Bernie train has nothing at all really to do with his politics. It has to do with him. And, you know, the way he's running his campaign right now and the momentum, air quotes, that he had has fueled him. I'm not sure he's going to get behind Biden. You know, the same way that he didn't get behind Hillary when he should have. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I think recently he came out and said he would support Biden. Well, it, 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 saying it and then and really, it, and then sure. really pushing it, right? And and not taking this, you know, all the way to the end if the end is inevitable. And I don't know that the I mean, you know, brokered convention. Okay, we go to brokered convention. The superdelegates go Biden, ah, anti Bernie again, right? right? I, I I don't I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't trust Bernie to be a DNC player, because he hates the DNC. <laughs> so, if Bernie got the nomination, would Biden support Bernie? Let's yes. flip this. You think he would? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think he would. I think he's. He, I think he's voiced his concerns. His concerns are down ballot races, which I don't really quite understand that math. But okay, let's assume that they're 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 the sure. political junkies. They know how it affects down ballot races, right? And um, uh, and is he going to be an effective campaigner against Trump? You know, mano y mano, you know, is the is the socialism thing, you know, not something that Bernie can withstand from Trump. Um, is and those are the two reasons that, mm. that Biden has concerns about Bernie, um, but you know, Biden will. I, I think he will absolutely get behind him. Hmm. You know, because this, the same reason that Buttigieg and Klobuchar got out when they did was, okay, they have to make, I, I really believe they made the calculation. What is the best avenue to make sure we defeat Trump? And that's getting out now and making Biden a stronger candidate. Mm -hmm. That's, I, I believe that is why they did it. Not VP stuff, you know, but, but I, I think I just that, threw it out there. Right, right. But, but the polls indicate that Bernie beats Trump more than Biden does. So by that logic, they would have thrown their weight behind Bernie. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, no, no. What I'm saying is, I've seen polls that are much closer to that, and they're really, really close. I think, right? I mean, it's they're, like, yeah, they're close. It's, a few percent. it's like 49, 41 percent, you know, and that Trump should lose to any Democrat. Um, it does. And and actually, I'd also say that that doesn't even really matter. And I'll swing this over towards Michigan here, right? Is that the national polls really don't matter too much because forty-five states 
you know where they're going to go. Like, are solidly one way or another, right? Mm-hmm. So it is only those crossover states. We're voting. We're voting on Tuesday. Yep. Can't wait. Bernie won this state it's in 2016. It's not looking good right now. <laughs> and it's not looking good, which is kind of which is kind of weird, right? It's that bide mentum. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Mentum. I don't it, it comes off the tongue a little easier. I, I here's I what I think it is. I, I think I made sure to put the D in there. <laughs> Biden or I'm sorry, Bernie winning Michigan in twenty sixteen was one of those things, one of those catalysts mm-hmm. that um, energized him and his supporters and I I think contributed to his reluctance to be a part of the Hillary campaign. But wasn't it partially Hillary's problem because she did not come to Michigan and the Wisconsin's and spend a lot of time here? Oh, no, right. Yeah, Bernie came As why Bernie won. Right. Right. But also Bernie won, I think. Because I think he won like Macomb County. I, I think I think Bernie won because his message, and he was. I, I listened to him this morning. I meet the press. He does have a message in 2016 that resonated to, you know, that angry middle class person that says, "Clinton's never did nothing for me," you know, Bush never did nothing for me, and this guy's you know a revolutionary, and I want to turn Washington upside down, so I'm going to vote for him, you know. I, I think that's why Bernie won 2016 in in Michigan. Um, I don't know that, and so then he doesn't win the nomination, and they're like, I hate Hillary, and a lot of them voted Trump, and that's where Michigan went to Trump, mm-hmm. right? I think that's kind of what happened. I think two things. I don't know that those same people that switched to Trump are willing to let go of Trump because they drank the Kool-Aid, and it is a cult, and it's just bizarro land, right? Maybe you weren't a big Trump supporter when you started, but you sure seem to be now. And, I, you know, we talk about egos getting in the way, right? You know, oh, I yep. voted for him, so mm-hmm. I'm in all the way. And that's why incumbent presidents are usually reelected. Yep. You know, it's, it's one-termers are hard to, hard to find. But there have been Republicans. <laughs> but... Um, and then I think there's there's there, there's a a segment of also those Bernie supporters in Michigan in 2016 that were like, man, you didn't play ball, and we lost. We gave you know we we voted for you, but then you know you weren't a good Democrat, man, <laughs> and we lost. And I, that's kind of the camp I'm in. I'm, I'm I've never heard anyone else say that. I, I think it's out there. I don't think I'm alone in that. I think you're alone. I, I, I'm going to have a really hard time um, voting for Bernie this time. I, I, I haven't made up my mind completely, and I think on primaries you should vote for whoever you want, mm-hmm. um, regardless of you know who you think is the most electable. But uh, what worries me is um, if Bernie's not going to win the nomination, energizing his campaign even further. That, that's what my concern is. I see your concern. Because I, I want him to be on board. Yeah. You know, like, okay, he, Hillary won California in a landslide last year, or in the last election, 2016, right? 
and they voted very late. But mm-hmm. that was going to put her over the top or close to, to the top on the delegate count. And he stayed in, and he should have got out. He wasn't going to take those delegates out of California. And that's when he should have got out. But he just couldn't continue to roll on thinking that a miracle was going to happen or that you know he was going to do whatever he could to hurt her. I, I don't know. Now, California and Texas have already, you know, you know maybe, just maybe, the, de- the, 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 the primary schedule is better now. Maybe I don't like the first four and, and Super Tuesday, but maybe now it is a little bit more level. So, field. But, it, it, but, it, but, it's, but it certainly looks like it's in favor of Biden. Is there anyone else voting Tuesday besides uh-huh, Michigan? Uh-huh. Yeah, Washington State, I believe, and Florida. Oh, yes, Florida. That's the other big one. Bernie's not going to win Florida. No. It sounds like Biden's got a lock there. Um, and Bernie would have a really hard time winning Florida in the general. Bernie has a hard time with 65 and overs. And there's a lot of 65 and overs. <laughs> and he has a hard time with minorities. And, you know, black uh, or brown. The brown, he seems to think they're in it. I mean, he, he kept saying it like in California. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, you know. In Hispanic. In, um, in, in Florida, it's about the, the Cuban, uh, Hispanic or Latino. I don't know, which one are they? But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, he 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 has a bad rap with the whole Castro thing there. Hmm. Yeah, they 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 didn't quite like that comment um, or his history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, which is way overblown. I blame the media for that. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that they have a a proper perspective mm-hmm. on it. Uh, is this about the whole him saying that Cuba's done some good things? Yeah, and and, and but also he's got history. Like, he has history of, you know, kind of, like, supporting the idea of revolutionary change, not to a dictator, sure. but to the revolutionary change that went through Cuba um, and and then, you know, who they thought came to power wasn't who, who they got, you know, and, and he knows that. But, um, I mean, call, you know, labels are what they are. Democratic socialist, socialist, whatever. Bernie's not a communist, you know. Bernie doesn't believe in, you know, no private business. But thirty years ago, Bernie was much closer, I think, <laughs> to that line of thinking, right? Because he was looking for those revolutions, yeah. right? I think he was much closer to those line of thinking. I don't think the debates mean a lot. I think they, I, I think overall they mean nothing. Who do you think does better in a debate with Trump? Like, like. Hillary wiped the stage with him, right? I mean, treated him like an old dust mop and just cleaned up, right? And, of course, that really didn't help her, but those debates were embarrassing for Trump. Who does a better job on, uh, against Trump in, the, in, in these debates between Bernie and Biden? I still think Bernie. I think Bernie, just because... Biden just seems to me that he gets flustered mm-hmm. and he starts yep. doddering, mm-hmm. you know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and, it, and it's all about optics, right? He, he looks like a doddering old fool up there. Now, the last few debates, <laughs> Biden has looked what he, pretty strong. But as I'm far not as saying that that's what he is, yeah. but that's what he <laughs> it's looks like. low bar. <laughs> well, I, I think Bernie is just a little bit more... 
solid on staying on message, and he doesn't care well, whose feathers he's ruffled, so he'll go after him hard. I think he goes after him harder than Biden would. Well, okay, um, here's the—I'll play devil's advocate for a second here with, with Bernie. How often do you hear about Bernie going after particular Trump policies and actions? See, Bernie's strength is that that continuous message, right? That continuity of message. And it's always the same thing. And I saw it on Meet the Press today. It was the millionaires and billionaires are, you know, controlling the wealth of this country, you know? And he's not, he, he doesn't seem to be as versed on the kind of shit shenanigans that we see coming out of this administration on a daily basis that you and I, you know, read about and talk about and share and all those kinds of things. I don't know if if Bernie kind of gets into that. And that's where, you know, Hillary was very good, right? I mean, here's what Republicans want and here's what I want, you know? Bernie's all about here's what I want. And it's a good message. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know that he he tries to you know, the, the question will be, well, you know, Bernie, you know, how are you going to pay for your health care? And, you know, Trump's going to be like, it's going to be, you know, $5 trillion over two years, three times the, 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 the gross national product or whatever. And Bernie's going to say the same thing. He's going to say, what we have is, you know, an economic system that rewards the billionaires. He's, he's just going to say that. He's, he's not going to get into that. I disagree. That. I, I have not I, seen it from. I, I saw it today. I meet the press. I saw it today. I meet the press. When, when it, he if, hammers his message. If home. it comes down to Trump versus Bernie, mm-hmm. he will direct that message back towards Trump being a billionaire, and I the, hope tax, says, the tax cuts that affected and helped just the billionaires themselves, not the working middle class. He will hammer that home. He will hammer home the EPA deregulations, all that stuff with the environment. I hope he does. I, I hope he does. Now, now Biden can do it, if he remembers. <laughs> <laughs> but Biden will be, Biden will be, you know, versed on it. The other thing and with Biden is he just says, "I was there when Obama did this. I was there when Obama did this." That's well, all he's really got. Well, unfortunately, when you when you talk about historical baggage, because, you know. Biden certainly wasn't the most progressive guy <laughs> before Obama, you know. And and you know, do politicians change? I, you know, there's a there's a fingers crossed right with Biden that you know he's far more progressive than what he was mm-hmm. back before he was vice president. Right, so I, I that's see, a hope. <laughs> no, it is, an, it's yeah. an absolute hope. Um, but that's not why people are voting for for they're voting for for Biden strictly as a stopgap measure. They think he can beat Trump. It's the same old. Change is scary. I, I, I don't like that. No. The Trumpsters didn't think change was scary. Yeah. Boom. Let's blow everything up, right? You know? My other the cons- Democrats didn't think change was scary with, with, with Obama. I don't, I don't know. My other concern with a Biden versus Trump debate is bringing up Ukraine. Well... I think it's going to play itself out. I mean, but you do have to rely on the media to not regurgitate it every time Trump says it. Right? Good luck with that. Yeah. 
<laughs> but now that'll get brought up on the debate stage, and it's just going to go right back into this whole impeachment thing and how he wasn't convicted. No, no, there's a there's a story there that mm-hmm. that Trump has, but I'd rather yeah. just, that just not be on the stage. You know, I mean, do you think the do you think the public is any smarter to realize? Okay, the Republicans played up this email thing, and nothing ever became of it. There, 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 there was no email scandal. Do you think that by the time the mano a mano race general election comes around, that they're going to be like, okay, Ukraine, whatever? No. I, yeah. I think that's still going to be out there, and there's already signs of that still going on underneath. Underneath, but I'm just well, talking about with well, the Well, they're doing it underneath. You know, Barr's got the back room for uh, Giuliani to still filter stuff in. I agree with Where's not, Giuliani been? Ukraine. I, I agree with Nobbs from the standpoint that if it does become uh, dear leader in Biden, it, it's going to be a nonstop shit show of Ukraine. Not that they they will have any more evidence or anything more concrete at the time. It's just the perception, and it's it's going to be constant. Well, I mean, even the recently media, they're the, talking the, about yeah. putting out subpoenas for uh, Hunter Biden, and I, I know I totally agree. It's it's yeah. horseshit. Yeah, but it no. is it is what it is. No, it's, it's it is what it is. I'm hoping that the media had learned a lesson from 2016, and you're you're saying they probably haven't. I, 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 I mean, I, I know what the Republican playbook is going to be. It's whether or not the media is going to play along, and then whether it sticks with the sheeple. Yeah. And the, and I guess if I was a betting man, the media will play along, and it will stick with the sheeple. <laughs> We're in trouble. Yep. <laughs> but the the same thing's going to happen with socialist Bernie. I think he has the ammo to fight that, though. I don't know that he does. If he goes out on stage and just promotes his idea, like you said he does, I think it defeats it enough. He's been fighting that stigma for years, so I think he can do it. He's prepared for that one, at least. Still going to come down to who can energize their base. Yep. You know, and... Every uh, every election is different, and this one's going to be different as well. You know, we're 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 hoping, I am, that there's a fair amount of Trumpsters out there who are just going to say, "I'm not going to vote." That's a good wish. I know mm-hmm. it is. I know. I, I I think it's one of the keys. Right. I'm trying to rally around blue, no matter who. Yeah, no, for sure, but I, I, I think in conjunction, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, yeah. with if, if if Trump has the same turnout in those key states, does he win? Can can Bernie bring out more people, or Biden bring out more people in Michigan than Trump? That that that's that's you know, mm-hmm. I mean, because again, those other states, we all we already know what's going to happen. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. All right. I'm dry. Yeah. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. With our empty glasses. <laughs> to the trove. What else you got there, Fredo? Well, thanks for asking, Nobs. <laughs> Anytime. As a matter of fact, I do have a second offering. 
It is from Griffin Claw Brewing. It is El Ligero, which... Hero. Hero? La Hero. La Hero? No, that'd be a J, right? No? I don't think so. Yeah, okay. I think so. Ligero. I'm going to give it a soft G. The J is the H. According to Wikipedia, it's Lejero. Lejero? El. El Lejero. You got to have that because that's a male-female thing. Mm -hmm. Anyways, it's a Mexican lager with fresh lime. And the reason I bought this particular beer is because, as we mentioned earlier, that today is... An almost spring day. So the state of Michigan is in transition. So the first beer I bought was a ah, a winter beer, the, the mm -hmm. Jerry Porter. And this is our transition beer. Even though lager with us is almost a bad word, I thought it was a physical way of recognizing the transition that's going on in Michigan right now. So I went from a winter beer to a light spring beer and then that, mm -hmm. that's the reason i picked the beers i did today there was purpose plus it says so are we done with dark and malty <laughs> can we be <laughs> well <laughs> no <laughs> plus i dug the bike on it so your bike guy i, I, I love so we were talking about the name okay i had to look up uh bicycle in spanish and that's do you know what that is there fred i know in french what is it Bis le clat. Uh, add an A at the end. Bis le clata? Yeah. That's Bis le clata. Yeah. Oh. That, that would be the, 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 the Spanish. So, get that pour sound in there. Yeah. Look how, look how light it is coming out of the can. Yeah. Looks like a Corona. Oh, you know, I haven't it. poured a Corona out of a bottle, you know, but just, just as it's just as it's pouring in the can, it looks more this like looks you know, lighter than a Corona. <laughs> I mean, in in the in the once you pour it, it looks like a light beer, but as it's pouring, it's kind of piss watery. <laughs> what happened here, Fred? Oh, a little damage to the um, can. Ooh, I don't know. I did not see that. I they made for a difficult pour. My humblest apologies. All right. Any stats on this beer? Four point five ten IBU. Oh, okay. Those are favorable. Um. It says on, on here, IBU. it says, so fresh and so clean, clean. Clean, clean. Which is Outcast lyrics. Oh, is it really? I would not know this. Uh, it's got the lime in there, right? And I can taste the lime in the after, oh, in the yeah. aftertaste. I can. I see it in the bouquet. Um, oh. Yeah. Limey. <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, well, I didn't get the lime until the the back end, and so <laughs> on the front end, I just thought I was drinking soda water, <laughs> like, <laughs> like tonic like, or something. It's like Sprite. Like tonic and lime. Uh, it's it, a typical lager, right? It is, it, it is a Corona. <laughs> Uh-oh. Virus. <laughs> well, Yeah. But that is not to say that I would not drink this beer again, I can tell you right now. What? I think I've had it. Um, I might even have one in the, uh, in the, in the back portions of the... Uh, Tucked away? Yeah, in the beer cooler. But From last spring? No, I, I think so. I mean, this is a refreshing summer beer. 
You know, I, I think they have the lime right. I like it's not too strong. It's not too weak. Um, it's a chuggable, cool you off beer. I'll just say this is a situational beer. Yeah, for very me. situational. <clears throat> right now, this is very math for me. <laughs> it's a bad situation. Yeah. <laughs> podcast in March. <laughs> but if we were to do the podcast up at my place on the beach, like in July or August, it's I might feel a little out. bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's probably when you should have brought this beer. Well, I don't know. It just <clears throat> when I went outside today I, to walk the dog, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was going to be a little colder. I got outside. I'm going, ah, man, it feels like a spring day. Just about. I, I mean, I even suggested podcasting outside mm-hmm. today. If it hadn't been as uh, breezy and blustery as it was, we probably mm-hmm. would have given it a shot. So that's why I was inspired by the beers I got. What's interesting is the retail establishment that you decided to purchase this beer had it on the shelf already. Yep. You know, it's, kind of, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, kind of like the clothing stores are pulling out the shorts and the T-shirts now. Uh-huh. Um, now, I, you know, beer's a little bit different. Like, you know, pe- people aren't... Uh, stocking up on their summer beers <laughs> in March necessarily uh, but I, I doubt it's a leftover from from last summer you know what I mean the, they're uh, trying to get ahead of the curve I, I, I suppose or you know maybe beers aren't as seasonal as what we've made them to become you know most a lot of people don't think about it oh I like Mexican lagers I mean you know in, in Michigan you know people that are purchasing beers like you know Corona you know, how seasonal does that chart look? May not be very seasonal at all. I just double checked Oberon Day is March twenty third. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that. I still have Oberon from last, <laughs> <laughs> last year. See you stocked up on it. Wow. Yeah. You, you you should go. You you two should should go out to Kezu for Oberon Day and and then talk about it on podcast. I cannot. I will be an L V. Um but when I saw that I was like oh maybe oh darn because i think that would be a lot of fun what to go day to is day. 23rd it's a monday right? oh that's right it was a monday yeah. also like what well, why that what i mean that's i, I mean, think they want to see who the real diehards are. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <clears throat> um let's see we're, we're we're taking the red eye back but not until monday night because hmm. that would oh, you, you'll be coming back yeah, well but monday Tuesday morning. Like we were taking the red eye back on Sunday, get in the car from DCW and head right out to KZU, you know. But not in the cards for me. Maybe it could happen for you guys. Maybe not Mondays. Is it worth a vacation day? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I have to be really inspired to use a vacation day on stuff like that. <laughs> like Friday, I took a vacation day uh, to go to Toledo. Yeah, yeah. Because I was inspired. By a fresh, well worth it. By a fresh guitar. Smells uh, new, doesn't it? Yes, it do. A la Reverend Guitar. So, uh, what was inspiring about this guitar to make the trip? Well, I don't trust UPS. <laughs> I, I, Fair. I, I'm paranoid by nature, so I expected one of two things that it would show up. And even though it was in a hard shell case and in a box, the neck would still be broken. Or one of them assholes that you see all the time on TV falling around the UPS 
truck. Oh, and pike it off your porch. Yes, it, because I talked to the people in Toledo, and they said, no, UPS is going to leave it if, unless you want to pay extra. And then I Signature, right. It's like, no, I'm going to Toledo, and I'm going to get it myself. Hmm. And it turned out to be a fantastic day, so... But you've always wanted one, or I don't know about always, but you've I had wanted one for a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's also part of the inspiration, and the owner's a friend of ours, so supporting local business that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're a very fine machine. Oh, yeah. L- lots of guitar for the money. Uh-huh. Love it, so. Yep. Anyways, um, one last comment, getting back to the beer. I love anything with lime. I'm a sucker for lime, and so when I saw that this was a lime beer, even though, yeah, it could taste like a Corona, but I like the level of lime. I agree with you that it it's about set right. It, it's for me. I mean, yeah. I know it's for me because, I, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have purchased it before, and as uh, Nobs mentioned, very situational, um, but there's lots of situations. <laughs> Where I would have this beer, <laughs> yeah, okay. you know, just not many of them between uh, October and March, <laughs> <laughs> but but many of them between April and September. So, <clears throat> agree. Yeah. Yep, yep. Nobs, you want to give a final? No, I want to hold off to the end. So you can I'm, really study it. Yeah, I'm you're going to study on this and say, okay, if I got other choices for a refreshing beverage, right? So maybe this still doesn't even make that cut. That's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but you were about ready to say, uh, Fred. I think about uh, what we wanted to kind of talk about in our cultural topic. I guess you were going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to talk about people who are bar regulars and what brings that about and you know you know that whole situation i i think uh i think a, a bar regular is a really sort of um cool community kind of thing you know i'm not a regular at any bar right now i remember when myself and my ex first got to be regular status at a Mountain Jacks. <laughs> Mountain Jacks? <laughs> yeah. But in their bar area. We lived near it. We used to go to it. And, you know, we, we kind of had that. Was that in Rochester? Uh, no, no. This was back dating times, you know. But Oh, oh, that far back. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's the first time. I think I've probably, I'm trying to think when else I have been a regular I go to too many bars. I, I spread the love. So <laughs> so it's, it's it, I, I don't think I'm currently a regular anywhere, but have always appreciated and in some cases wanted to be more regular. Weren't you a regular in Royal Oak? Oh, yes. I yeah. Mean, what was the name of that place you went to? It was a woman's name, wasn't it? Uh, Sedina. Selena. 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 Yeah. yeah. There was a girl that named Sedina who used to work there, but... Yeah, Selena. You were a barfly there, right? That was pretty short lived because I didn't live there long enough. But you know, yeah, I was no, I was I was definitely. Part you were of saddled the up as I a was barfly. Absolutely. You just didn't make a long career of it at this particular right, establishment, right? right? Um, but it's funny. I mentioned the first time I was a a, a pseudo regular or a regular before the last time because that would have been the last time. Um, 
you know, maybe also because Selena's was all about, it was an okay place, but it's kind of seedy. I didn't really like the place very much. It was just really convenient. I could walk there, you know. Walk there, stumble home. You know. Now, one of the things that made me a regular there was I had my own glass. Because mm-hmm. I would order uh, a Tito's on the rocks, and they didn't have a proper old-fashioned glass. They had those, like, you know those little, those smaller rocks glasses? Mm-hmm. They're sort of tapered, and they have the... the Squarish bottom. Kind of. thick, squarish bottom. Yeah, really. And they're small, right? And so I had my own old-fashioned. It was the only one in the place uh, of that glass. And I remember, um, you know, one of the early times I was there, and they gave me that glass. And I'm like, why don't I get this glass every time? It holds a lot more vodka. (laughs) And and then it was kind of like, okay, every time I come in, this is my glass. (laughs) And most of, they were, almost all the bartenders were girls. Uh, Most of them understood that. Right, and they would get me my glass, and some even kept it in a special spot, you know. And then all of a sudden, I'd get a new bartender, and I'd be like, "I need my glass." And like, what? You know, like, who the hell are you? I'm like, no, no, there's a. Let's see that glass up there. That's my glass. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Actually. yeah. <laughs> so I'd forgotten a little bit about those uh, that those days at Selena, but uh, because but, of all the Tito's. Um, <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, see, then the place kind of changed. Mm. Bartenders changed out too many times and blah, blah, blah. And then I moved. You got to keep explaining yourself and the glass. And uh, Actually, the glass ended up uh, disappearing then one day. And they couldn't find the glass. And then I was stuck with my old crappy rocks glass. Hmm. Shame. Yeah. Now, you're kind of a regular, right, Fred? Yeah, within the last, I don't know, six, eight months, we've become somewhat... Tuesday night regulars. You being knobs as well. You say and knobs as well at a uh, place up in uh, Port Huron, Poho. Um, what is it even called? City Limits. City Limits. You don't even know the name of the place. <laughs> no, I know how to get yeah. there. And we go. Yeah. And we it's go. also kind of a, 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 a fairly sort of ubiquitous name, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, City yeah, Limits uh-huh. is not a great name for the place. It's a dive bar. Yeah. Yeah, but we go up there and we do uh, music trivia, which knobs and I are big fans of mm-hmm. course and yep. so yeah that the that is probably the first and only time i've been a regular at a bar yeah same haven't gotten in a while but it's just because circumstances but i knew i was a regular when the first time i walked in and the waitress had our table set up with cups and a pitcher of water already yeah it's like oh okay this is how it's gonna be huh Yep, we, we have the special center table, uh-huh. and no one messes with it. So in a sense, our little group, mm-hmm. we're in, and no one messes with us. We're the boss. We're yeah. the clan. Hey, you, you, you know the first place I recall noticing a regular status? And in, in earlier off-air, we were talking about places that have mugs or cups mm-hmm. or... Whatever yeah. it is, yeah. do you remember M- mug mug clubs? Not yeah. my special cup that I had at Celine. <laughs> right, right. Just, you think about it, it's just kind of random. That's random and weird. But <laughs> do you remember Deacon Brody's and Mount Clemens? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. I still remember the name. I'm trying to put together where it was, and it's well now it's Bath City. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Where, where they have the feather bowling. Mm-hmm. 
but it 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 was Deacon Brody's, and it was like an Irish pub, and they you know just about any day of the week they would have couple of guys up there singing Irish music and all that kind of thing. But that place made an impression on me because behind the bar, they had this large wall and hanging up there were all these numbered mugs. Mm -hmm. And I had never seen that before. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was cool. That's what you strive for, to have a glass up on the wall. And that was my first exposure to that kind of thing. And I never had a glass there, though. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, uh, they end up closing, which I never understood. Hmm. But yeah, it changed out. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I've never been a member of a mug club myself. Um, I don't know. I haven't been to a place regular enough. You know, I suppose maybe if Sleens would have had one, you know, maybe I would have joined there. Um, you know, but I, I think I drank more vodka than beer. <laughs> um, yeah, we were we were just at a place. Uh, um, uh, Bird and I were were at a place recently, and they had a mug club, and it was they were up to two hundred and fifty mugs, um, and you can get your name on it. I don't know what the stipulation. So first you got your number, and then you maybe it was up to you to get it like engraved or something with your name. Uh, were, th- were these pints? No. Well, they were they were mugs like twelve um, glass mugs. I guess they were probably sixteen ounce mugs. You know. And they had like a little sticker on them that had the number. And then she didn't bring one over that had an engraving. But she said, oh, yeah, you can put your name on them if you want. Uh, I like drinking out of pints. You know, I like drinking out of pint glasses. Uh, mugs are okay, but I still prefer a pint glass. So that's not that's not why I would, I would not join a mug club, but, it, you know... I. It might come into play a little bit. Did you inquire as to what it took to get a mug? At this yeah. Place? So this place was it was an annual fee. Which annual. I always thought these things would be like lifetime. You get your, you know what I mean. You pay whatever it is lifetime, and you get your mug. Like, if someone doesn't re up, what do you do with that mug, right? And what if they engraved it? Like I don't know, right? Yeah. Um, so theirs was forty five bucks a year, which I thought was a little steep. For every year, for lifetime, or I mean, for you know, to annualized every year, and then you got two dollars off a draft. Uh, so that's twenty drafts, right? I, I don't, I, I can't think of a place right now that I've had twenty drafts at. I don't, I'm, I'm not a regular anywhere, you know. And I drink a lot more than just beer when I go out. Mm-hmm. I drink more beer at podcasts than anything else. <laughs> we should have our own mugs here. <laughs> or pint glasses. Um, so I can't see myself really doing a mug club, really? I don't know. Would, would, would have city, li- city, li- city limits? I was just going to say, if city limits did it, I would do it. Because I'm there frequently enough to make And, and you're doing it. probably at least two or three beers uh, a Tuesday. Yeah, usually two. So, so eight a week know. or a month. Um, I mean, that still takes you three months to yeah. pay for it. If you're if you were getting two to three dollars, yeah, I feel it's the same deal. So. You know, yeah. I don't know, but just but it's city limits. 
craft beer is what four dollars. Although, how often do we actually pay for our beers? That's true because we win <laughs> in regulars. No, we win, win in trivia, <laughs> and ah. so we get a certificate for twenty-five bucks for the next week. Yeah. So, I uh, I recently heard um, about a place in New York, which was carving out time for their regulars. Now, they, they, the article that I saw wasn't about, a, uh, they didn't say like what time of day or week it mm-hmm. was, but taking that, that, that mug club a step farther, saying now it's, you know, club time, right? You, you get to come in kind of, you know, before hours, after hours, or when we're close <laughs> to the general public. And it was a it was a craft beer place, and you know they used it to 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 share new beers and try things out and get like minded craft beer people together. Um, you know the article went so far as they were interviewing some of the people, and you know they're making friends, you know because they're regulars, mm-hmm. you know, and so you know two two regulars are now, you know, meeting two other regulars, and they're and, and they're again you know beer fanatics, and so they're you know sharing all kinds of information about beer. Uh, that's kind of an interesting concept to say, okay, we want the regulars to really support our business in a way that the general public doesn't really get to. I think that's a neat way to do it. Just yeah. The, the, the mug members, yeah, they get to try out the new beer ahead of time. Now, and do then, that with a mug club, right? You could do that in conjunction with the mug club. But then also the brewery gets to get good feedback on it as well. Hmm. Is this beer good or is it not good? Well, one of the things you could do is you could have events, right? You could bring a brewery in and say, mm-hmm. you know, hey, we're, These we're, we're are, launching. These are special yeah, people. Our, our regulars, hand-chosen. And now you're starting to really, like, being a regular, there is a specialness to it. I like it. Right? Yeah. That That's what it makes it, you feel it, good. It makes you feel yeah. good, right? I mean, you know. Um, I get sucked into it. I'll admit it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not a regular. Well, yeah, sort of am, but. You know, I'm not a, I'm, yeah, I'm not a regular at a neighborhood bar right now. i got to work on that. <laughs> um, so you want to walk in and everyone just shouts out, Blotto! Well, <laughs> good segue. <laughs> Uh, so I was doing some Googling here, and of course, when you talk about regular, what image comes up yeah, first? You're going to mention cheers. cheers. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yes, yeah. Um, but uh, this was an article um, uh, by GQ, and it talks about the responsibility that you have as a regular. So you like the, you know, you like the, uh, um, uh, the idea of, you know, you getting sucked up too, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you know, they're treating you as a regular and they appreciate your business. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's, you know, the extra the extra freebie or, you know, sometimes it's just, uh, you know, the, the sense of community or whatever. But you have a responsibility as a regular. And some of the things that they list are, of course, is uh, be on your best behavior. That goes for you. Representing the bar. You know. Um, Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, it's just a list. Uh, be curious. So, you know, if you want to be a good regular, your bartenders and, you know, servers, ask them what's going on in their lives, right? It's just not a one-way street. And, you know, if you have the right rapport, then, you know, that should that should play very well. So, so be curious. 
Um, and this one I think is really key, and I, I, I think it's key just about whether you're a regular or not, but that's be patient. Mm. And yep. as a regular, that's, I think that comes with the territory. Serve them first. Take care of them. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm in my, my stool. I'm good. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? I You're know, comfortable. I know I'm going to get my drink, and I know the place is good. And, you know, that one little hiccup of bad service is not going to bother me because generally mm-hmm. you guys take care of me. Uh, so, you know, if you're super busy, uh, I can be last on your list of people to serve. Right? Would, would you Absolutely. Think yeah. yeah. I've done that yeah. before at our place. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, be open. Uh, be open-minded. Um, so, you know, if they're trying out new cocktails, try them out. I don't know that's a real strength of the of the regular, right? The, the regular's kind of like, oh, hook me up, right? I mean, yeah. you know, when I went into Salinas, it was, you know, you Tito's on the rocks, right? right? Uh, and then every once in a while, like, nah, I'll take a beer. And they're like, what? <laughs> well, I think they could trust on you to give good feedback, at least, mm-hmm. if you were to try something new that they were doing. Yeah, but they didn't. That, that was a, that's it's, a bad example. They didn't of that. trust you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, they just didn't try anything new. You know, it, was, it wasn't that kind of place. Again, that kind of um, lends itself more towards the uh, the urban establishment, mm-hmm. I think. You know, um, and uh, and then the last one I have is on our list is uh, treat it like making a new friend. So you know, you just don't want to take things for granted. I suppose is kind of what that means. I suppose. Do you, do you think they're saying don't be? I could read it. Uppity and snooty <laughs> about it. That, um, that you're in the club and others are not. Is that what you mean by that? Uh, I think that well, it talks about being patient. It's kind of like a little redundant on this list. Um, yeah, I don't know. There were there there were there were quite a few uh, quite a few articles when I looked up uh, on being a regular at a bar. Most of the articles that I found were. Uh, a gentleman's guide to being a good bar regular. Uh, how to be a good bar regular. How to become a regular at your local bar. So again, more on on the customers end mm-hmm. of the bargain than uh, than the bar's side of the equation. You know. Can you think of a, a place that you would like to be a regular? Talkeetna, Alaska. <laughs> that was quick. What? Because <laughs> I was going to go there next. Um, what? Well, it, it, because in that small town, right? So, what small town? Yeah, Talkeetna, where where okay. where where Dill and I were a, a couple weeks ago, and there are, you know, it's a it's a I don't know, population is probably three or four hundred people in the winter time, and then it explodes when people start going to Denali because it's mm-hmm. kind of like that base camp of town of, of Denali. But literally, we were there two nights, and on the second night, we were locals. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it it had, you know, the first night was like, you guys are not from around here, <laughs> and we went to three places, and there's four places in town, <laughs> and we went to three, and then on the second night we went to the fourth place, and we walked into the fourth place, we knew everybody there. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> and it was like, oh, it's the bush pilots, because that's what we told them we did. But, <laughs> but um, it was, 
And it was like, God, this is kind of, we're, we're instantly regulars, especially at this place called the Fairview, which has the live music, which is where we spent most of our time on the Friday night and hanging out with all locals, having a great time. Um, and then the next night we go in, there's quite a few of those same people there. The bartender is different. I thought it was the same gal. Uh, I'm trying to remember her name. Called Cindy for right now. And I said, hey, Cindy. And she goes, I'm not Cindy, but Cindy's over there. <laughs> she was she was just being a customer. She was on the other side of the bar. And then she's like, you know, hi, Blotto. And I'm like, hi, Cindy. <laughs> and then, you know, go over there. I mean, it, it was just like that, that instant. Yeah. Hmm. Like, can I think of a place around here that I would want to be a local? No, I, I really can't right now. Not, not in, in, in my specific locale. How about you, Nobs? No, I can't think of any place either. No? No. I mean, City, City Lights work for you, right? Limits. See, I don't know the name of that place. Yeah. If, if I had to choose a location, though, like it wouldn't be City Limits. Right. It just yeah. happens to be that they have music trivia. And, and that's what you're going. Yeah, and, so we're there for that reason. Yeah. But it's not like I picked out that place because it's you know hip and cool or anything. Yeah. So. Not like Mountain Jacks. Right, yeah. <laughs> that is so weird, Mountain Jacks. <laughs> and um, uh, the one in Macomb Mall. Oh, oh, up in front, yeah, yeah. Remember when it's, it's now a Chili's? Uh, oh, I, I think it's a completely different building. This was closer. No, I know, I know which one you're talking about. It was on Gratiot. Yeah, but I, I think it's a completely different building than what the Chili's is. I could be wrong. S- same footprint. <laughs> it's the okay. exact same location, maybe a different building, but yeah. Like I, I think that building was torn down, is what I'm saying. Yeah, Mountain Jack's building. Right, I'm yeah. agreeing with you. Yeah. Would you want to be a regular at a franchise bar, like a Chili's or an Applebee's? I don't. I don't think it matters too much to me. Like, would I? I mean, I, I'll accept being a regular any place that would have me. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, you know, we we. We were somewhat regulars after racquetball over at the MI Sports Bar, and I've talked, I've mentioned that place a number of times mm-hmm. um, over podcasts because they have a great Michigan craft brew selection, and again, just focus on Michigan beers. So, so I, I've brought that up on the beer co- topics a lot, um, and but they had a couple of different people tending bar. They weren't always the same people. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it was not. We were only once a week regular, and I think to to really be a regular, because again, the city limits thing is a little. You have to be more than once a week. I was more than once a week at Selena's. <laughs> you know, hmm. right? I mean, I don't you, know. You, I think you, you, got, you, can, you I think you'd be, be there I once think, a week. I, I think once a week, some weeks, but I think you got to be two, two, three times a week. Well, so you're saying I'm not a regular. I think to be a, to be an entrenched regular, to you know, to be that norm. So I'm a full regular. Eh, maybe. Okay. Poser. <laughs> well, earlier today, <laughs> we were talking to Milkshoot, and uh, he he was talking about some of his friends, even though he didn't want to stick around and yep contribute contribute. But he was saying that he felt to be a regular, it was like four out of seven nights. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, he was saying his. Yeah. Group, Those guys got problems. Okay, <laughs> I know. 
But I'm just saying, in his mind, that was the qualification, at least four days a week. I mean, there are certainly levels to regular. So when Bird was in town, her and I were up north, and uh, we were in a little town that is kind of closed down for the winter. And so we go into the local bar, and certainly, I mean, again, who are these people from out of town, right? But not the same warm fuzzy that I got from Talkeetna. It was more like, who the hell are these two, right? Well, yeah, you walk in with a scarf on, <laughs> you're going to get <laughs> singled out, right? Uh, I got my scarf on, my aviators, my My, my nice leather, gloves. my Porsche leather driving gloves. <laughs> my, my, my Red Wing Chelsea's. <laughs> Retail value. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but um, uh, but those guys all sitting around the bar were regulars. And they're not once a week regulars. They were four, a seven day days a week. week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're relying on it for nutrition, too. <laughs> like, they're eating there. You know what I mean? No, and, not a liquid and, diet. And, and they were really friendly. We, we got, you know, but they all knew each other. And it was kind of dead. Like I said, it was, it was a resort town that's kind of closed in the wintertime but so there were probably six people a mix of men and women um six eight people at the bar besides us nobody sitting at a table and um well, of course and 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 you can regulars kinda, don't sit at tables and you can kind of see their their regular oh that's a good one i like that one, fred it's true you gotta sit at the bar you have to you're sit never gonna be a regular sitting at a table we sit at a table we have to because that you other guys group. Are posers. You're there for the truth. It's, it's not a regular. What if it's I'm a calling unique, out on it's that a now. unique table though? Uh, it's different than all the other tables. It's right dead center. I've been there once. Yeah. So yeah. you know it's special. It is special. They brought that table in for us. But you know, that, I right? I when when Fred said that, I think that kind of changed uh, things quite a bit. You know, that's a status symbol, right? You're at the bar. You're at the bar. If you're at a table. Yeah, you may be a poser. Y- yeah. You gotta be bellied up at the bar. You gotta, yeah. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Uh, and the other thing that I found, and, and think about Cheers, right? Norm and uh, Mailman guy, Cliff, Cliff, Cliff they sat next to each other, mm-hmm. right? But other regulars that came into the bar, they didn't always sit right next to Norm or right next to Cliff. And when I think about the regulars at this little place uh, up north, you know, there was a single guy, there was an old couple, there was two old guys or whatever, and there's lots of space between them. Nobody just, they're regulars, but you wouldn't just plop down right next to, because he's not your friend. You know what I mean? It's not like right. you walked in. So he, they are another regular. You're talking. There's so, lots of interaction, but you got to have that space. Is that kind of how, like, Fraser Crane sat on yes, the opposite exactly. side and talked that's, across them? Okay. Yeah. Huh. And Cheers kind of nailed that, right? Cheers didn't yeah. say, Frazier, walk in and sit right next to Norm. Yeah. No. They're not friends. They're regulars at the same bar. <laughs> Sweet. You got a point. Yeah, yeah. I can't dispute that's that. A gr- that's a great dynamic, yeah. isn't it? Huh. Yeah. I'm going to look out for that. See if there's regulars at our place and they just talk to each other. Uh, I, again, I, I, mean, I think about the... Hitting all those boxes at Selena's, yeah. When I, you went there, I definitely did would you not sit, sit in the same to... stool every no. time. Well, 
Or you no. just took whatever. Yeah. Was whatever available. was furthest away from everybody else. <laughs> ah, that deep, dark brooding regular. <laughs> no, again, just to give space because you're not there to hang out with your friend. You're there. And he saw himself as James Dean. <laughs> well, in that situation, another aspect of being a regular was I was a regular because I really got along with the staff. Yeah. I wasn't a regular because there was a cliff or a norm that I liked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's also kind of different. I got I got along great with the staff, and it's one of the reasons where I kind of like, eh, Selena's kind of, because I didn't really like the people that went there. Hmm. You know, I, I liked the way that I was taken care of because, yeah, I was a regular to them. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's lots to it, isn't there? Yeah, there is. There's uh, more checkboxes to take off than I realized here. <laughs> be a full-fledged regular. All right, Nobs. You and I, our goal should be become a true regular. So we're going to go there four times a week? <laughs> no. You'll find your spot. I'll find mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's too far to drive up. <laughs> See, that's a drive for you. <laughs> It's almost an hour's drive, so... Are you, are, you, are you better off building your regular status as a solo? I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Because when you go in with a friend, you're... You, you two talk. You're talking, yeah. and, and, and the bartender or the server is just there, to there you, yeah. right? So you go in, and again, that's how I kind of started with Selena's. I was going in there as a, uh, as a solo guy, you know? Newly single solo guy at the time. Hmm. All right. Okay. Pretty good stuff. It is. <clears throat> All right. Bottoms up. Anything else? Nope. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Out. And out. Politics. Some culture and craft beer. Politics. And that is why you're here. Politics. I don't.